0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for March nineteenth, twenty twenty. I'm teaching a series entitled "Reasons Why Not to Fear." Now, this is a very uh, pertinent, uh, you know, series right now with what's going on in the world. This is part nine: "Reasons Why Not to Fear." Part nine. Here's reason number nine why you should not fear. You know why? Because you believe God. You are a believer. And since you believe God, you have nothing to fear. Let's talk about that on today. So what does this mean to you today? I've broken this up into two points. I'm gonna give you these two points. I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is saying. I believe that today your faith is gonna be built up and edified and you're gonna look up and not down. You're gonna look forward and not backward and you're gonna meditate on the right things. You got it? You're a believer. Say, I believe God. All right, I believe God. Two things to share with you on this morning. Number one, here we go. The only thing that will keep you going is the fact that you are a believer. Let's talk about that today. In Psalms 27 and 13, uh, David said, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord while I'm in the land of the living. The King James says, man, I would have fainted. He was like, like you know what? I would have lost heart. Like I would have fainted. I would have given up already if I did not believe that I was going to see the goodness of the Lord while I'm in the the land of the living. Let me give you some context because you could say, well, yeah, that sounds good and everything, Rick, but maybe David had every had an easy life. No, 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 no. Let me give you some context. Let me tell you something about David. Uh, David's life was not easy. So, first of all, when he was growing up, he was he was like a, an outcast, like a social outcast in his own Home. I know this because when the lineup came, when the prophet came, the father didn't ask for David to come and be in the lineup to be blessed. Uh, none of the brothers said, Hold on for a minute, daddy. You know, it's like he didn't even have a friend in his house. Like he didn't play tag with them jokers or something. It's like, Hold on for a minute, daddy. Maybe David's not going to get picked, but at least let's have him in the lineup. Nobody said anything. The prophet had to say, Wait a minute. Do you have any more sons? David was ostracized. He was overlooked. He was an outcast in his own home. Well, I preached a message one time about David called Destiny's Child. And I said, It doesn't matter. The world can overlook you. The world can try to dismiss you, but you are a child of destiny. You are Destiny's child. So God had a plan for David, and God's plan for David was going to come to pass. But anyway, he's growing up, and he spent most of his time out there in the fields, in the plains, with his father's sheep. And so he developed a relationship with the sheep, and he developed a relationship with his shepherd, meaning the Lord, while he was out there on the plains and in the fields. And one time a lion came and tried to, you know, attack or eat one of uh, his father's sheep. And the Bible says that David killed a lion with his bare hands. Another time a bear came and he killed a bear with his bare hands. So David had to build up his trust. And his confidence in the Lord his God when nobody else was watching. Because I like to teach that God develops you in obscurity. If God is preparing you for a life of prominence, a life where you will be exposed in front of others, he has to prepare you when no one else is watching. And so he was developed in obscurity. He was prepared when no one else was watching because he built up his confidence and he killed a lion with his bare hands. He killed a bear with his bare hands when no one else was watching. He was ready when everybody was watching, when the whole nation was watching David, and all eyes were upon him, and he was up against a giant, and he was only 17 years old. He killed the giant with a slingshot and a stone. Why? Because David believed God. Now, here's the point though: he was 17 when he was anointed to be the next king of Israel he didn't become the king of Judah until he was 30 years old. So that's a span of 13 years. He had to wait another seven years to become the king of the unified Israel, right? So it took 20 years for the dream to come to pass. It took 20 years for the promise to be manifested. And David spent 13 of those 20 years on the run. David spent 13 of those 20 years living like a fugitive. He had to go from cave to cave. He you know, he, he had the opportunity to kill Saul, but he wouldn't do it. He would not touch... God. God's anointed. So he lived as a fugitive on the run. He was Israel's most wanted for 13 long years. And during that time, he had to partner with enemy nations. And during that time, he had lots of highs and lows. One At one point, they lost everything, him and his man, uh, men, they lost everything. The enemies didn't even trust them. They wouldn't allow them to go into the fight. They sent them back home, and when they get back home, their wives were gone, their children were gone, all their stuff was gone. The town had been burnt down. They lost everything. David's men turned on him. I mean, like David's men wanted to kill him. And in that moment, he had nobody, but he had God. And he looked up to God and he said, Lord, what shall I do? The Bible says that he had to encourage himself in the Lord, his God. And, and he said, well, what, what do I do? He encouraged himself. The Lord said, go and, and you're going to pursue and you're going to overtake and you shall recover all. Glory to God. And he went and got his stuff back. I'm talking about David didn't have it easy. And so when David looked back over his His life, this is what uh, uh, Psalms 27 and 13, this is how I would say it in the Rick Pena version. David looks back over his life and says, Man, I would have given up a long time ago if it were not for the fact that I'm a believer. I would have thrown in the towel if I was not convinced that I would see the goodness of the Lord manifested in my life while I'm in the land of the living, while I'm still alive. I'm not just believing God to make it to heaven someday. I'm believing God to see his goodness now, that's the Rick Pina version, <laughs> glory to God. The only thing that kept David going was the fact that he was a believer. The only thing that kept David going was the fact that he believed God. He believed that he would see God's goodness manifested in his life while he was in the land of the living before he died. So look at me, let me ask you this question. For real, for real, do you believe God? I mean, for real, are you convinced that you are going to see god's goodness manifested in your life while you're in the land of the living or are you one of those you know christians that that is just holding on you know for heaven you're just holding on you' you're, you're, you're <laughs> like you know there was a time when people used to sing that they were sending up uh, uh timber for uh their mansion in heaven and, and their their all their hope was in heaven like like this payday someday type of theology or mentality is that the way you're living Are you just holding on for heaven? Are you just holding on to make it to heaven someday? Or are you believing God to experience heaven every day? I'm talking about not just going to heaven someday, but bringing heaven to the earth on a daily basis. Let me tell you something. You can be saved and miserably saved if you live with the wrong mentality. You have to believe God. You, if you believe God, like David, man, I. I'm believing that I am going to see the goodness of the, of the Lord manifested in my life while I'm in the land of the living. You will not be moved by what's going on right now in this season. When people listen to you right now with what, what's going on with coronavirus, this is what, they should hear something like this, right? They should hear you say this to somebody else. Hey man, you know what? With all this news about coronavirus and the wave of wave of bad news that just keeps coming almost every day, I honestly would have given up a long time ago if I I were not a believer. I don't know how the world does it, man. Sometimes I kind of feel bad for those people, people that don't have God. I'm glad I have God. I have a relationship with God, and my confidence is in Him. So I believe God, and I would never give up hope. You know why? What do you mean you're never going to give up hope? Well, I can't give up hope because without Him, I'm never helpless. And since I'm never helpless, then I'm never hopeless My God has seen me through a lot of stuff already, and my God is going to see me through this season. He was God before coronavirus, and he will be God after. Say this. Say, I believe God. And you have to keep saying that to yourself. You have to build yourself up because you're a believer. Number two, I only have two things for you on this morning. Number two, if you believe God, then you have nothing to fear. In John 14, Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not allow your hearts to be afraid. You have to let your heart to be troubled. You have to allow your heart to be afraid. You have to allow trouble and fear to permeate through your heart. You have and God will allow whatever you allow. So Jesus said, no, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be afraid. You believe in God and believe also in me. Jesus was saying, listen, you have to let this thing happen. I'm telling you, don't allow it to happen. You, you can resist fear by believing in God and believing also in me. If you believe God, then you have nothing to fear. God is bigger than anything. In John chapter six, Jesus fed 5,000. He walked on water. He then found himself in, a, in front of a, a large group of followers and they were amazed at the miracles and they came to Jesus and they asked Jesus, Jesus, what does God want us to do? Another translation reads, What is our work? They were like, Hey Jesus, man, we see everything that you're doing. We know that God is with you. You know, many of them were not convinced that Jesus was God, but he was we know that God is with you. We see all the things that you're doing. What, what is our work? What are we supposed to do? And Jesus said, This is what God wants you to do. Believe in the one who sent uh who sent me. Believe God. I, he was saying, your, your work is to believe God. Your the King James says, your work is to believe. Your only work in this world as a born-again believer, you're not working for God's blessing. You can't work for the blessing. It's given to you by grace. What's my work then? My work is to believe. You are a believer. You're called a believer for a reason. You are a believer and not a doubter. You are called and commanded to walk and live by faith and not by fear. Your job, your work, your assignment is to believe. So never allow fear or doubt or unbelief to cause you to miss out on God's best, especially in this season. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what you hear in the news, don't stop believing. Keep saying to yourself, I believe God. I'm almost done. When Jesus encountered leprosy and leprosy was the most infectious disease of his day. Instead of being afraid that leprosy was going to jump on him, Jesus laid hands on lepers. Why? Because he believed the father. He believed God. He believed without fear. Instead of believing that the leprosy would be transferred from the bodies of those who were infected and be placed on him, Jesus believed that the power of God that was on him would just jump off of him and get into those bodies and cause them to be healed of leprosy. In other words, Jesus was not afraid of what was on the world to get on him. Jesus believed God and he believed that what was on him would get on others. And that's how we're supposed to live, glory. I am not moved. I am not afraid. I'm definitely not afraid of coronavirus. I believe God. So in closing, let me tell you this. Let me build you up this morning. We serve a God who kept Joseph through the pit phase and the Potiphar phase and the prison phase of his life. Why? Because he was protecting him and keeping him around long enough so he can experience the palace phase, the prime minister phase. In other words, God protected Joseph for his purpose, for his life's assignment, and he will do the same for you. God protected Daniel while he spent a whole night in the lion's den, surrounded by lions. Why? He believed God. God shielded David, from Saul's attacks for 13 years while he lived as a fugitive and while he went from cave to cave. This same God protected Elisha when he was surrounded by the enemy and it looked like he had no way out. And Elisha said, Lord, open up his eyes so my servant could see that they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And while we don't have physical bodies or physical soldiers to protect us, there are angels round about us and there are more angels than there are enemies. Glory. Glory to God. I'm talking about the same God who who, who caused Gideon and 300 men to fight over 100,000 men and come out on top. You got to believe God. Are you a believer? I mean, do you believe? Do you believe like like David believed? I'm going to close. I'll get out the same way I got in. I'm going to close with the words that I started with. Going back to David. David said, man, I would have given up a long time ago if I were not a believer, if I did not believe that I was going to see the goodness of God while I'm in the land of the living, say this, say, I believe God. That's enough for today. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, father, I am a believer and not a doubter. I walk by faith and not by fear. I am not moved by the changing conditions of this world. I am not phased by coronavirus or any other disease. I am not afraid. Fear has no power over me. I believe God. I know I will see your goodness manifested in my life while I'm in the land of the living. I know I will complete my divine assignment before I die my confidence is in you and in you alone. I believe God. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, head into this day saying that, reminding yourself, I'm a believer. I believe God. I shall not be moved. I believe God. Do me a favor. Please share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I pray that your faith was stirred up this morning. Say, I believe God. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.